Listening Dog Media. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and a warm welcome to the one and only Offside Rule. Hola! It's me, Kate Borsay. Joining the show today, don't ask her about getting locked out, bad hair products or parking space interlopers. <laughs> it's the one and only Lindsay Hooper. Honestly, rescue me from the gutter. I just I'm feel like in. it's been a bad week for you oh. so far, Hoops, and I am here to cheer up your every minute. Uh, who else would we want to join us here in the studio <laughs> Other than the delight, she's on her way to Rome, so this is the perfect build-up sitting in this small dark studio with Lindsay and I. It's Robin Cowan. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, Lindsay. Just being next to Lindsay just makes me feel, you can't complain, can you, after the day she's had. The perils of moving house. Everyone who's been listening knows that I've moved into a bungalow doing a renovation recently. And of course, you come across little snags along the way, but I just seem to have had them all in a condensed amount of You've had some major snags. Not just snags, you've had big gaping holes that you've fallen into. We know it's been a little bit traumatic. On the upside, you have still sold a conservatory and a wrought iron staircase (laughs) on eBay. Still bring that up. I still can't believe that. That, that those things are available to buy on eBay. <laughs> but that feels like a lifetime ago to me now. It is doing brilliantly. It's every day making progress and I'm no longer feeling dusty every day. We should point out that the parking space full of someone else's car this morning that started Lindsay's bad day was purchased on Gumtree. Uh, I say no more. All right, let's move on with the show. Uh, Robin, we know you're going to Rome. What else have you been up to? Reading. Reading well. this All weekend. All the R's. Robin, Reading and Rome. That's right. Yeah. No, I can't, I can't I wait. It's going to be from Reading to Rome. Yes. <laughs> That's now, very that's good. not a jump that many people that's, make. That's your first tweet when you land? <laughs> Excellent. You're all about the social media, aren't you? No, I'm really not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I need to do it more. I still haven't really properly done an Instagram story. 
you have failed in that task. Yeah. And I'm going to, well, myself or Hayley McQueen, who still hasn't popped yet, by the way, listeners. She is still awaiting the birth of her baby. She's not overdue yet. Um, I think she's just quite happy chilling out. And hopefully this little one will arrive soon and won't be too big. Because the longer it stays in her tummy, the bigger this baby's going to get. I can't wait to see this super baby. Lindsay, you're off to Wolves later. Yes, first ever meeting in the Europa League with Braga. Um, I'm really hoping, I'm trying to put a positive spin on Wolves at the moment with everything. So we'll ignore the defeat to Chelsea last weekend in the Premier League. And what I will say about the Europa League campaign so far is 19 goals we've scored <laughs> since the, since we started in July. Yes. Um, and Jota, who's not had that much joy in the Premier League, but he's had a hand in eight he of those goals. Like it. Scored three, five assists. I'm hoping more from him. Well, by the time this comes out, we will know whether know. any more has happened. And then I am, I am going to the South Coast because I'm, I'm doing Bournemouth, Southampton and I'm then at Millwall on Saturday. You have so a, a lot of football. Busy. Bill. Busy. Yeah. Are you, are you going to go to Besiktas, by the way? With no. Wolves? No. no okay, I'm fine. not doing any away matches oh, as boom. far as I'm aware. A reminder, folks, that we are now also on Jack Radio Friday nights from 7. Jack's available online and now on digital radio. You can follow us outside of listening time at Offside Rule Pod on both Insta and Twitter. All right, coming up on the show, we are getting into some footballers' lives, not wives, but lives with our favourite footballers on reality TV moments. And we're knocking on managers' doors or maybe fetching them out of the doll queue. Who knows which of them do we think will be making a return to the touchline soon. But first... The Champions League is back. Who's excited? Yeah. We are. Woo! Well, Napoli are, and it's becoming a bit of a tradition. I love this, by the way. It's becoming a bit of a tradition for them to scream at the end of the Champions League anthem. You might like that, but I bet you don't like what Napoli do to Liverpool, Thank you, do you? very much for reminding me. <laughs> Let's sum up what's happened this week in the Champions League. Well, reigning champions Liverpool, reigning champions Liverpool, slipped to a 2-0 defeat at Napoli. Chelsea lost out 1-0 to Valencia. It was a comfortable 3-0 win for Man City away to Shakhtar. Spurs, they threw away their 2-0 lead and had to settle for a 2 all draw against Olympiacos. Barcelona couldn't get anything against Borussia Dortmund. And in the biggest shock of Wednesday night, Paris Saint-Germain 3-0 winners against a really sluggish Real Madrid and PSG did it without any of their first choice front three so no Mbappe no Cavani uh, Neymar suspended as well so away from the score lines let's focus on some of the talking points around those games Robin there was one big one for you oh it just really starting to grind my gears <laughs> <laughs> penalties oh, not yeah. knowing who your penalty taker is so this happened to my team Oxford United at last weekend Tarek Fosu won the penalty and then insisted he wants to take it he had to be wrestled off him by the designated penalty taker who thankfully scored because obviously that's not the best preparation no. so obviously for Chelsea having heard Frank Lampard say that Ross Barkley is our designated penalty taker post-match. But if you take that at face value, why was Willian and why was Jorginho offering to take it? Yes. So if he, even if he's communicated that to Ross Barkley, he clearly hasn't communicated that to the rest of the team. 
And I mean, number one, I wouldn't have Ross Barkley taking a penalty anyway. His because record's Jor- not great. It's not great. Jorginho takes a magnificent penalty, a really weird sort of sort of trot and yeah. the kind of skip and a jump. But he always <laughs> like scores. Like Bambi, I think. Exactly. A little bit like Bambi on ice. Very much like yeah. Bambi. I think that's where he took his inspiration from. <laughs> but he, he always scores. Rob Green was saying on the radio that he never saved one in training against Jorginho because he waits for the goalkeeper to go. But anyway, so number one, I wouldn't have Ross Barkley taking yeah. it. But then also for the teammates, don't put any more pressure on him. They were 1-0 down. Yeah. This is to rescue. It really could be a precious point. And then they're all surrounding him. I just knew. I knew. Didn't you feel when you're watching that he's going to miss this? I Super uncomfortable the, the for him. The longer that the delay went on as well, it's like you say, that is what adds to it. Because it was, the longer you wait, you just think it starts to swing towards the yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah. It was a major moment of orcs, wasn't it? It was total orcs. And Ross Barkley's record, by the way, has only scored two competitive penalties in seven years. All competitions, club and country. They both came in the same game, the final three minutes against Everton versus Newcastle in 2016, for goodness sake. So not only has he only scored two competitive penalties, they were quite some time ago. So Super Orcs, I mean, was it a case of poor communication? Why did those players look so intent? Because they are teammates after all, right? And surely you would you would step away from that moment. And perhaps this is the, this is the problem, that they didn't step away from it. But perhaps you'd just go, do you know what, mate? If, that, if that's what you genuinely think, go for it. I'd love to know what happened in the dressing room after that. I feel a little bit for for Chelsea at the moment because I think Frank Lampard is on the right path. I think he's getting them to where they need to be, but it's going to be a longer journey than people think. So apart from that brilliant performance at Molyneux aside and Tammy Abraham becoming this striker that's Mm. in great form, I think if you look around that, there's a lot of players there that are having to adapt quite quickly and I don't think everyone really understands yet their job in some ways. And and that was a great example of, of an overt example of that message not being communicated. And I don't think it's completely Frank Lampard's fault because I think the juggling Europe with the Premier League, I mean, coming in as a new manager, a relatively new manager of recent years anyway, having only had that experience at Derby, having a transfer ban, having to bring in and bring through young talent at the club. His hands are pretty full as they are. And then he's got to juggle these trips to Europe as well and rotating the squad because otherwise people are going to get tired. Do you know what, Linz? He knew what the job description was before he took it on. For me, there but is who, no excuse. I'm not, but I'm not, that's what I'm saying. It's not a Frank Lampard thing. It's whoever took on the Chelsea job thing. Not just Frank Lampard, but you add in the mix that he's relatively inexperienced compared to potentially someone else that might have come in, but he knows the club well. And the risks that he's taking when they're paying off, we're paying credit, but when he takes risks like the one with the penalty takers and and maybe not communicating that message or picking the wrong person, Mm. when they don't pay off, I think equally we've got to be able to say, well, that didn't work. I think the issue with Chelsea, as you said, at Molyneux, they were great, but they can't keep a clean sheet, can they? They mm-hmm. keep shipping goals and they can't go through the season just scoring more than their opposition. It's just not going to work. I know they're missing Kante, which is huge, isn't it, defensively? Mm. But I think that's the issue. They've now got Tammy Abraham scoring, but obviously in the Champions League, they didn't manage to find the back of the net and they are going to get scored mm-hmm. against. Yeah. It just seems that's the problem. Well, for me, this game week of Champions League action has been all about Erling Haaland. Who is this youngster, you might ask, that we're all talking about? Well, you probably know a little bit about him already. But here we go. Here's a swish little montage we've made about the youngster. Is 
Elfing Broutharden, son of Leeds legend Elfinger. That's why he's got us all talking. Born in Leeds on the 21st of July 2000. He's 19, plays for Red Bull Salzburg, represents Norway at international level. Why are we all raving about him? Well, the strikers made his Champions League debut and become the third youngest player in Champions League history to score a hat-trick. That happened on Tuesday night against Genk. Played through towards Horvath. Big chance! What a start! After 25 years away, Salzburg back in the Champions League with a goal to save her and scored by the young sensation. And that's not all. This summer, he netted nine times during Norway Under-20's World Cup 12-0 win over Honduras. It's Holland again! Ninth goal! So far this season, he's scored 17 goals, including four hat-tricks, Tuesday being his second in as many games. On the pass away to Old Holland! First half hat-trick, Irving Brett Holland. The name in the headlines here tonight. And the aim, well, we hear that Harlan dreams one day of playing for Leeds United, following, of course, in the footsteps of his dad. Well, yes, and we've got that English claim to him. We like to do that, don't we? We like, with the stat I saw straight away um, on the BBC when everyone was, was really raving about him, that he's the eighth English-born player to score a Champions League hat-trick. Got to get um, the English. Got to get the English bit in there. And, of course, his par... The, everyone knows him for his for his father. Perhaps he'll when he goes to Leeds, he'll develop a horrible relationship with a Manchester United player. Oh. <laughs> um, he did, by the way, yeah. play at Mulder before going to Salzburg, and where he would have been under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's another little thing about him. And I was having a look at some tweets from a Norwegian journalist, and he has said that Erling's crazy. Last night, apparently, the captain of Salzburg was walking with his daughter. Doesn't say whether it's before or after the game. But a car stopped next to them. Erling was inside, pulled down the window, and he was listening to the Champions League anthem. <laughs> which is almost repeat. <laughs> some sort of manifestation. Is this fake news? Don't know. Don't know, but that's what's on Twitter. <laughs> what have you got for us, Lindsay Hooper? Well, first of all, to Liverpool fans, what do you take from that? Because I didn't think that they played poorly. But I did think that Van Dijk was off. And many people who've said, you know, Napoli, because they are a tough team to play, certainly in, in Italy. But it's a tough place to go, oh, isn't gosh, it, Naples? Yeah. yeah, it's very, very tough. And lots of people said, uh, because the handshake at the end, there was a handshake between um, Ancelotti and Jurgen Klopp where all media have picked up on the fact that they think Ancelotti said to Jurgen Klopp, well, the last time you lost against Napoli, you went on to win the Champions League, which was last season. But the thing that didn't happen before for 17 years is Liverpool losing the opening group game. So that's that's a first for quite a long time. So I, I worry for English teams at the moment would be my overall assessment but from hang that on first a minute. round. Even just after a game? No, I'm just saying at the moment, only only Manchester City won that opening game. Robin? Well, I just think, as you, I know it's the opening game, because with that stat you just gave, but think back to last season, both Tottenham and Liverpool were really poor in the group stages for Liverpool, especially away from home. I think they lost all of their group games away from home. So just relax, chill. Okay. I, I am totally with that. Van Dijk made an error, fair enough. I'd rather, to be honest, he made an error in this game, group game of the Champions League, rather than the Premier League, where every single game counts. Liverpool know what they need to do. So do the other teams as well. It should be routine. 
and, and actually looks good for English teams. If you look at their groupings, it should be routine for them to get out of these groups. Do they need to stress about losing 2-0 to Napoli? No, they don't. They won't like it, but they don't need to stress about it at all. There are bigger fish to fry. They don't need to worry about it until they need to worry about it. Oh, the competition, as we know, is very long. And we might look back on this and think, ha, ah, got still got, you know, a couple of English teams into the semi-finals or whatever. I, and I, I don't want to be doom and gloom. I'm just saying that I think I expected more. I think I did going into this round of matches. What I will pick up on is a couple of other stories which are are far and away not connected. Because I'm doing Millwall QPR at the weekend... This came to my attention when I was. Where's watching. this go? Sorry, sorry. So, so we are we are going from Champions League. Yeah, Liverpool losing to Napoli. Yeah, oh, please God, for follow me. Finish me with this. Go on, Millwall. So, so I was thinking in the back of my mind about Millwall QPR coming up, as I'm watching the goal show roundup on Champions League, and who pops up but Adulterapt. Oh, did you see this? So uh, everyone will know that he was in Q, uh, QPR, but he was also at Spurs and Fulham. 30 years old now. Um, He made his first appearance in the Champions League since 2014 for Benfica. They did get beaten by RB Leipzig, but his name came up on the screen and I thought, oh, yeah. okay. And then the other one, because I want another connection back to the English leagues in the championship, Dutch winger, Regie, you, you saw this on my pad and you were like, why have you got Regie van la Parra on, yeah. your, on your notes? Not it's because <laughs> yeah, he played um, in Red Star Belgrade's 3-0 defeat at Bayern Munich. But that was just three weeks after playing for Huddersfield versus Luton in the championship. So from there, that is some the Champions change. League. Fair yeah. enough. Well, whilst we have your listeners, let me just take a moment to tell you about our new WSL show. It's called the Offside Rule WSL Edition. Yes, I know, imaginative. Every week we're going to be reviewing the latest action and debating the biggest stories from around the world of women's football. And it's on a brand new feed. Yes, so you need to go find the special feed. This week we talk Arsenal's last-minute winner over Manchester United and we speak to the striker with the best goals of the WSL, Chloe Kelly. It's already out, so just have a search on your podcasting device now for the Offside Rule WSL edition and hit subscribe. The Offside Rule WSL edition, because women's football is for life, not just for every World Cup. It's the Offside Rule with myself, Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Robin Cowan. Hello. You sounded like that person. Bruce Buffer. No, like I'm Bullseye in one. I was thinking more the the UFC announcer in the red corner. I am am working on my commentary skills, girls. I feel this is an area that I haven't broken into yet and I'm working on it. Let's move on to topic two. Uh, Jose Mourinho has been linked to Arsenal bit of a surprise he's not in a job yet Robin's shaking her head Uh, who do we think could be close to having a managerial switcheroo Lindsay Hooper that is such a random rumor at the moment isn't it it's too early Arsenal don't shoot so quick from the hip I'm not that surprised Jose Mourinho doesn't have another job yet is it that surprising there's only a really select few clubs he could go to well you say that Robin you say that what I'm going to do is I'm going to connect to our earlier discussion of the Champions League Real Madrid losing to PSG I know I've got that one for Uh, later but it doesn't involve Jose well I'm I'm going to bring Jose into it because I think Zinedine Zidane under pressure now especially because they didn't even register a shot on target they didn't but Gareth Bale scored an amazing goal didn't he and, and then it was ruled out. And it was ruled out. So I guess that one was chalked off. But mm. I thought that was very harsh. But anyway, yes. No, I'm sure he is under pressure. I just think Joe's... And also, the other thing is, apart from being a select group of clubs, he's shown himself to be, I don't know, a handful, to say the least. 
recently. Yeah. Well, our Real Madrid yeah. going to go back there? But, uh, Potentially. I, I don't know about Real Madrid going back there. I think they've got someone else in their sights. In terms of will Jose work again and work again soon, I agree that there are a select number of clubs. But with the amount of money randomly coming into football, and when I mean that, sometimes a club will just pop up out of nowhere, shove a whole load of finance behind it, hire Jose Mourinho, and they've got the perfect headline, right? So, of course, I expect him to go back into work. Look, at the moment in La Liga, it's not like Barcelona have been absolutely bossing it either. So I think that Zinedine Zidane's got time. These players that he brought in over the summer were his picks. He made a big stance about that. So I think if there's a bubbling cauldron of pressure pot going on at any point... Mourinho's name will be linked with that Real Madrid job but I would suggest that someone like Max Allegri could be a better fit I have another suggestion but tell me who else you've been looking at in terms of um, through the employment doors I, I don't think that I can see Javi Gracia out of work for long I who agree. left Watford his stock's still pretty high isn't yep. it yeah but I, maybe not in this country I think he might go maybe to Spain. Um, Ita Karanka, I think he'll come back into management. He's again, he leaves a bit of a sour taste with some some owners, doesn't he? I think unlike Javi Gracia, I think he's had a few of his lives chalked off, if you know what I mean. You know, he left, although leaving Nottingham Forest, it's like, well, we've all had a go, haven't we? I mean, we're <laughs> wetting our turn, aren't we? It's ridiculous <laughs> yes. down Nottingham Forest. So I mean, Who perhaps, hasn't? perhaps, yeah, exactly. So perhaps um, that shouldn't count, but he doesn't play the most positive style of football so it'd have to be a, again a very specific club for Ita Cranker I think anyway and one of the the new um, semi big jobs that comes up in the EFL so I'm talking maybe top of league one or a lower championship club if one of those jobs comes mm. up surely Sol Campbell has got to be one of the front runners massively yeah he's always really mystified me in management and I I I don't know I I, I personally still, still have a question mark about it I'm just not I'm not totally convinced. You may not be. He hasn't had a lot of body of work, has no. he? But his last job, everyone's so behind him mm. and he's got a lot of goodwill. Mm. So I think actually he's in a very good position to go in and go somewhere higher than obviously Macclesfield where he was, where yeah. he did a fantastic job. He was held in very high esteem there. And I, I think it was the way that he was having to manage within that club because it was a difficult job. I mean, any, anyone who knows the, the behind the scenes at Macclesfield is the, the budget and the problems the club have been having. So I think he got a lot of plaudits for the way that he, he coped with all of that. Robin, what about you? Well, I've got to talk about Michael Appleton for a bit. Yeah. I, might, I might need a few few minutes um, just to compose myself. Is he your football crush? Well, Oxford United, he did such an amazing mm. job. You know, most fans have said he's probably our best manager. And that's bearing in mind, we've had Chris Wilder, who got us yes. out of the conference. Lindsay and I interviewed him, didn't we, for one of our exclusives. And yeah. I was impressed by him. He's, he's certainly very ambitious. Michael Appleton. Yes. He is. It, it's interesting because when he left Oxford... Uh, a couple of seasons ago when I thought absolutely fair enough because the club was going through a bit of a transition the budget was being cut but he went to Leicester to be a number two mm. and I just think for me personally I think he still thinks it was the right decision that that wasn't a great move in terms of how it looked it looked like he was lacking ambition a bit because he was giving up a head coach job 
to go in as a number two with Craig Shakespeare, who was his great buddy. But I think we all knew that wasn't going to last very long, was it? Craig Shakespeare's time in Leicester. And now it's he's found it really hard since then. Yes. He's been for loads of interviews, I know. Mm. And it's found it he's found it really difficult. Well, the same thing happened after Oxford, because that's when we met him, right, Linz? Well, he opened up to us because he made some really dodgy decisions with clubs that were... Previously. Uh, yeah, yes. previously. Blackpool, and he was telling us about... Yeah, Blackburn, Portsmouth, when they were yeah, really yeah, under yeah. And he was talking about how he'd spoken to Sir Alex Ferguson and Sir Alex Ferguson had basically said, what were you doing? Why didn't you call me rather than taking on this club? Um, So I think he's very hesitant now about the things that he says yes to and the things that he puts himself forward for. Mm. Because I think his next move is going to be a crucial one. Yeah, and actually credit to him. I mean, I thought the same thing before he went to Leicester and then he went to Leicester and I was like, okay, what's your game plan here? Because he is the kind of manager who has a game plan and whether that worked or didn't work at Leicester obviously uh, is probably a conversation for another time but yeah he is a planner and it will be interesting to see where he goes next and I think it needs to be a club that he's sure that he can spend a couple of least a couple of seasons at executing his game plan well I think he's odds on at the moment to be the new Lincoln manager and I think that would be a fantastic fit for him and I think for Lincoln fans obviously the loss of the Cowleys is massive Mm. and I just think just a word of caution he's a very measured man. He won't give you big statements and things like that. And when he first arrived at Oxford, the first season really didn't go that well. And his sort of measured statements after games when they lost, it was mistaken for a lack of passion. But after he'd got his squad together, because he came in very late in that summer, played some fantastic football, the best football we've ever seen at the Kassam Stadium. And the fact that he's not someone who's screaming and shouting on the touchline, I really like, actually. Mm. We've spoken about Real Madrid and Zinedine Zidane and how long he's got. But I think the name that they may be looking at and should be looking at, Maurizio Potticino. He, we know he's already turned the job down once uh, last year. He he feels at times like he's frustrated with what's going on at Spurs. And they've got this brand new stadium. And of course, they've got the high of all that. But after the game this week, he sort of laid into his team and said, look, we didn't respect the plan. The players didn't respect the game plan. You know, when you look at how managers react and they're either 100% behind their team or they make pointed remarks like that. His relationship with Daniel Levy seemingly put to the test over the summer with that rift over the transfer strategy. So looking at that, Pochettino is someone Real Madrid greatly admire. Is this a good time to swoop in for him or is that on the agenda if Zinedine Zidane's days are numbered? I've spoken about this on the Totally Football show this week and how I think it is playing a part at, uh, in his job at Spurs at the moment. I think the fact that he came out and said that the players didn't respect the game plan is the first time that I've heard him ever say that they would never have listened to him before. Mm. So would that suggest that there's something ebbing away in the background that they think he's not going to be here for long and he keeps getting linked with all these jobs and every time there's a vacancy, a little bit the way that we're talking, you know, Real Madrid or Man United or whoever it is in the future, it will be his name and it must start to grate when you're a player that wants to play for that manager. Is he going to be there long term? I remember when I was at school, <laughs> relating this back, but my, my school teacher said to me, would I stay on at the school to do my sixth form rather than go to a, a different college? Oh. And I said, only if you promise me you'll stay as teacher. Mm. You know, I, I feel like in a football way, maybe there's those sorts of things that go on, which is if I'm going to stay at this club, it's because I want to play for you. Oh, I think, Did you know, 
did they did you stay and they left i no, <laughs> no she stayed and then i've i'm still in touch with her now um her name's chris and she said to me quite quite recently in a few years ago that she she would never make that promise to another student again and she, and those words were haunting her like that she couldn't take something else <laughs> there are aren't they famous cases of managers who've been close to leaving clubs or indeed big players and you could look at christian erickson at the moment at at spurs and when those question marks are continual it does upset the chi I suppose uh, within a club Robin here's one for you we know you love Oxford huge fan they've got an under 23 defender called Sam Allardyce yes grandson of Sam really so what about Sam Allardyce then well this is interesting because Robin and I were having a discussion I feel like this is where we should bring in a sound effect of a managerial trapdoor, but one that firmly closes. Thank you, producer Abby, for that, because I think we should throw some names in there. Sam Allardyce being one of them. Are there some managers now that were always touted for jobs that we were so used to seeing that now are past their sell-by date in in the sense that they don't seem to be going for anything? They don't seem to be getting more work. Sam Allardyce. Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew, Mark Hughes. David Moyes. Is football trying to make a stand against male, pale and stale? I think you're right. And it's also just a few years ago, wasn't it? It was this managerial merry-go-round. They've all had each other's chops, haven't yes, they? Yes, it's true. It's and very true. I, I'd add in, so any more names to add in there? Because Martin O'Neill, we put him in there. Um, Steve McLaren. Yeah, Tony mm. Pulis. Half in, half in for Steve McLaren. Ian, mm. Ian Holloway. Yeah, there are tons of them, aren't they? Have they been relocated to football scrap heap forever? That trapdoor's not opening at the moment. Sounds <laughs> a bit creaky, though. Maybe maybe someone will escape. All right. Well, those rumours firmly set. We're heading to the dance floor, jungle, big brother house, kitchen, farm, you name it. These footballers have done it. Well, with David James and Alex Scott entering the Strictly Ballroom this weekend, it's time to reminisce on our favourite footballers on reality TV moments. Well, it's not the first time for David James, is it? Who can forget he did a sport relief version of uh, Bake Off? Is it still done? I'm just thinking, if I stick a metal spoon in there, it'll cook. Because then the spoon will become a conductor of heat and then cook the inside out. It's come again. What, and keep the spoon in as you cook it? David, you're breaking the blooming boundaries of baking. Good job he just sticks to football, isn't it? Robin, (laughs) um, I've got a feeling you're going to mention some other goalkeepers. Before you do, just, I know he won it, but David Seaman on the ice still doesn't... I mean, just just his frame (laughs) glumping around the... and, And how he won it, I don't know. But because a win's a win, Kate. It was a physical miracle that he won that show, by the way. There is a little obsession with goalkeepers as well, isn't there? When you look around reality TV, Peter Schmeichel's been on the dance floor as well. That's right, yes. No, I've done a bit of research on how Go goalkeepers on then, have done on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, okay. Obviously, David Seaman won the whole show despite his physical limitations, as, <laughs> as you've pointed out, Kate. But actually, uh, in on Strictly Come Dancing, there's been a mixed bag... Um, Peter Shilton did not do well at all. No, he really was not good. Like a wardrobe. (laughs) 12 12 out of 14. So not great. Not great. Survived a couple of weeks. Um, And as you say, Lindsay, Peter Schmeichel, 7th out of 14. So not bad. Not bad. So you think, oh, they're going to be quite light on their feet. But they they tend to, depending on what dance you're doing, I think they're... I I totally have Schmeichel to perform better at 
semen mm. in those situations, but obviously not. Apparently, okay. he was very good at the ballroom, Peter Schmeichel, the ballroom dancing, <laughs> but uh, not so good on the on the on other the old stuff. tango. So it'll be interesting to see how David James does. Yes, and Bruce Grubbler, by the way, to add to the goalkeepers, was in Hell's Kitchen. Was he really? Yeah, he was in, in a celebrity version of Hell's Kitchen once. I would not like to be in a kitchen with Bruce Grubbler no, anyway. No, I think, not when hot pans and knives are around. I'd flee. Um, a couple of my favourite ones that go more under the radar. Paul Merson on the farm. Do you... <laughs> And another one on the farm. Do you remember the farm? Yeah, where all these celebrities, yeah, used do you remember to go them and milk cows inseminating and, yes. sheep and pigs and stuff. So one of the best ones was Stan Collymore yes. on that, and he had a huge falling out with Vanilla Ice. Needless <laughs> to say, neither do. of them kept their yeah. cool, did they? And, um, and that, that. Do you know why he fell out with him? Go on. Because Vanilla Ice was taking too long on the bog. Really? I had forgotten why. How do you win the farm? Can you remember? I can't remember how you win. Or you, you just don't get voted out. off. Oh, okay. Perhaps it's just the person who keeps the animals alive the longest. I don't know. One for me, Lee Sharp. Who can remember this brilliant romance oh, blossoming yeah. between Titmus. him and Abby Titmus? Yes, on Celebrity mm. Love Island. It, it did get a script because that was the time. It was 2005. And that was the time when we were still really interested in, in the whole sort of football celebrity wag culture. Uh, and that one did it for me, folks. A couple of my favourites. I think the show itself is one that I hate to admit it because I don't like reality TV. I love Strictly, Come Dancing, but I really refuse to watch Love Island and things like that. But I do get sucked in with I'm a Celebrity. And Harry Redknapp was just oh, gold. Yes. He was He's definitely the king of that programme in terms of how many series they've had so far. I think he's been the best. And I like Dennis Wise in it, actually, and Rodney Marsh. I thought that they all they all contributed in that show. But what I wanted to mention with Alex Scott is that she's already done a reality show. I mean, we're rooting for her here. She's a friend of the podcast. We want her to do really well. I think she'll go far in this competition. Yes, she will. I think so. And she won, if you call it reality show, she was, she was the winner in Bear Grylls, wasn't she? Oh, she oh, did yeah. that, didn't she? I forgot about that. I don't think I knew she won it, though. Yes, yeah, she so did. So big expectations for Alex Scott. This is the Offside Rule from Money Knees Media. All right, let's round up with some any other business. I've got one for you. Outrage in the Scottish Highland League, folks. It's a tweet that's now been deleted, so you know that someone's been told off for it. It says, Highland Media and the Scottish Highland League apologise for the absence of highlights at Clackna Cuddin's home tie against Turriff United. This is due to the home side not charging the camcorder prior to the arrival of the videographer. We apologise for any inconvenience this has caused. You can hear that person's anger when they're Good tweeting say. that whoever was responsible for charging the camcorder, I think they may have got both barrels mm. the next morning. And tweet deleted as well. Tweet was deleted. I think I think because it because it was shared on Twitter a few times. The fact that they're still calling it a camcorder doesn't fill me with the most. And also a videographer. Mm. What about just you know the person for the cameraman filming <laughs> anyway or. Or camera women. Lindsay, anything for you to provide? Well, I want to nod to an earlier show because we did about famous people at football matches mm. um, and famous fans. And I'd given you my story about Kim Cattrall and all sorts. Jay-Z suddenly popped up, didn't he, on Leicester City's feed because he met James Madison. I see. Mm. So he had a picture with him. 
Yeah, he did. Mm. And it was uh, Leicester City put James Madison with a fan. <laughs> <laughs> just just a pretty big fan. Just a fan. Uh, Robin, uh, I noticed your appreciation for uh, Bielsa in Morrison's. Love it. Yeah, he's such a man of the people, isn't he? You, Marcelo what is Bielsa. this with you and spotting people in places? Who was I it know, in Five Guys? Ashley Barnes oh, in Barnes. Five Guys. I just like these pe- these footballers, <laughs> these people keeping associated. It keeping it real. He was pushing a trolley around Morrison's with... Full tracksuit, leads on the back, Marcelo Bielsa. What a legend. Was he asking for the attention, can I ask? I think the fact that he had his full tracksuit on may have suggested that he didn't mind it, perhaps. Mm. You never know. All right, well, that's it for another week of The Offside Rule. Please do hit subscribe on your various devices to make sure you get each episode as soon as it's launched. Leave us a five-star review. How do you do that, Lindsay? Just click the final star. So easy. at five stars. Yep, and that's on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read out our favourite reviews if you leave one. Plus, it helps other people find us too. Until next time, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Offside Rule Pod for both. And check out our website too, offsiderulepodcast.com. Loads of features going on there, not just from the WSL, but from uh, lower league games, summing up of the weekend, reviews of the weekend, all kinds of interesting stuff going on there. We had a piece go up about Unai Emery, and there's been lots of comments on that one. So do check it out. It's by Jasmine Baba. Uh, Robin and Lindsay, thank you so much for your company. Listeners, thank you too. We'll be back next week with more. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.